Are you ready to take your accounting career to new heights? Look no further. You're listening to From Zero to Millions, Accounting Edition. I'm Kelly Roars. And I'm Bilal Mihana. Together, we bring you treasure trove of expertise in the world of accounting. As the founders of our own firms, we truly understand the challenges you face day in and day out. Our combined experience with small and online businesses, paired with our background in accounting and entrepreneurship, is sure to help you bring your firm to the next level. Together, we'll deep dive into essential topics like staffing, technology, billing, goal setting, HR, and tax planning. We're here to provide practical advice that applies to CPAs, accountants, and business owners alike. So don't miss out on the opportunity to supercharge your accounting career and build the firm of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode from Zero to Millions Accounting Edition. This week, we have myself, Kelly Roars, and my friend here. This week's episode is going to be all about boundaries. How are we planning our schedule? What does balance or maybe harmony look like between work, home, kids, personal life? You know, I think that balance is not a very common attribute in public accounting. And I think that's one of the main reasons why people are leaving public accounting or not even entering the field, because they feel like they need to go work at Big Four, work 90 hours a week, and that's basically the only opportunity out there. But I think both of us know you know, now that that's, you know, that's not the only option. Um, so I think we're going to dive into, you know, what, what does our schedules look like now? That's, that's not the only option. I think we're going to dive into what, what does our schedules look like? How do we work around this? What do we anticipate for our staff in terms of hours and like what's actually attainable? 100%. 100%. And, you know, I think you started your firm two years ago, two and a half years ago. I started mine mm-hmm. four years ago, two and a half, five. But I think that the initial goal is this is what I wanted. I didn't want to work 70, 80 hours a week. There are taxis there. I didn't want to do 500,000 tax returns. There are taxis there throughout the whole year now. Now it's like tax season has stretched from April to August, October. It's not, hasn't been like only four months and that was my goal I did, I did not want to do that I did not want my staff to do that so I planned the whole firm based on that where we get only quality clients high paying clients and we do a deep dive into what we want to provide to them I think it's the initial way you build your practice the pricing you price the services you provide uh, all, all goes down to how your lifestyle looks like and that's important. Initially, you have to plan it right. And you have to plan it in a way that fits your lifestyle that you want to provide to you. And at the same time, give to your staff. It's not only you that will be having that lifestyle, but having lifestyle for you and your staff. So they'd be happy. We'd be happy. And expectations of accountant working 70, 80 hours a week. When I start hiring my staffs, I told them, when you're working with me, 
you're not going to be working one to 45 hours a week, period. Busy season uh, throughout the whole year. 40 hours is the uh, expectation. Uh, sometimes we give all, like five hours extra during busy season, but that's most of the time. Most, beyond that, I don't want you to work one to 45 hours. Like I demand that. I would rather probably me working more for 45 hours, but then my staff, I want my staff not to work more than 45 hours. But I just want that kind of lifestyle for them and for me where we set boundaries for our clients. And we also, when you have that kind of determined way of building a practice, you get to pick and choose your client. I think when you don't have a limit of how many hours you want to work, don't set expectations for your clients, don't set boundaries. Now they can get, you will take out any client, the bad, good, and ugly. When you do that, then uh, automatically you'll start working 45, 50, 55, 60. And then your staff will get overwhelmed and pressured and get bogged down and get calls from staff, from clients. And, hey, where's my return? All those different things. And eventually they either quit or just they become zombies where they just, will plug in numbers and not have to give any value for the client. So it's a slippery slope, I would think. Yeah, definitely. And what you're saying on your expectations for your staff to only work a certain number of hours, I think is really attractive. And it's a pretty easy equation, right? We, as accountants, we like the way that the numbers work. And if you bill a certain amount and have the revenue, then you can hire the staff and not have them work to the bone in order to have the right lifestyle for everybody in the firm. You charge the right prices. You pay the staff the right amount. You don't have an unlimited amount of hours. It's pretty simple. People looking to hire somebody, most of these job ads, let's say, are, oh, we require 65 hours a week. Ooh. during tax season. I'm, I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that. I never want to do that. And that was one of the reasons why I definitely went off on my own too. It's if you have this expectation of hours for somebody, you just have to meet this hour. Do you really think that your staff is working at full capacity for 65 hours a week? I don't know. There's just, the, the, we're human. And I'm pretty sure there are studies out there that you can get the same amount of work done in 30 hours a week of working hours versus 40 hours a week if you're just working more efficiently and you're not as burnt out. So it's, there's all of these different factors. I agree. It's a factors and it's about you're, you're trying to, at the end of the day, we lie to ourselves. I think we just try to trick ourselves into saying, I can do this. I can do this. But at the end of the day, like you said, now work out the numbers. Numbers make, cannot lie. And if you accept in low fees, end up, you end up automatically gonna work a lot of hours. And if you end up charging a lot more higher fees, then you don't have a lot of clients that will accept your fee. It's an automatic ratio. If you gotta charge 200 bucks a texture, you're gonna get every client in the door. No one's gonna say no to you on 200 bucks, right? But if you go up to a thousand dollars a texture, now, Every 10 clients that want to work with you, one accepts your engagement. So you have ratio one to 10, right? Instead of, and the day ends up being the same amount of money, but way a lot less clients. So now it's a ratio. And if it work out the numbers and say, Hey, if I get 
If I start my firm now, or my firm, the firm you have now, or whatever you want to start your firm, if I get 10 clients, how much should I charge those 10 clients? How many clients can I manage and still give them high value and give them their, give them their time that they want? You can do 40, you can do 50. What's the maximum? And then, okay, if I hit the limit, can I still hire another person under me, pay them well with full benefits, and for me to be able to get more clients and not have to lose money on my, because uh, what happens when you, when you bring another staff in, the first few months, you're losing money or not losing money, but you're giving money, they're not as productive. Is there a gap where it's, you're safe in that? But if mm -hmm. you pay them, if you pay your clients, if your clients are paying so low, you cannot afford to bring in good employees. You're good to bring bad employees. And you, can, you can't pay them as much. So it's a slippery slope of what kind of place you want to get, what kind of class you want to get. And then they, those type of clients, you have to set your fees in the beginning. And that's, I think, the most important thing is starting on the right page, on the right step. And at the same time, you determine the lifestyle you want. And if you start with a slow fees, you can have a, a crazy tax season. Yeah. And really what we're talking about here is let's look at alternative ways to view staffing, working during tax season. What does this balance look like in your life? And you know what? It's 2023. We don't have to work 2024, right? Yes. There's no one way that works with we have to work nine to five or we have to work from eight until 10 during tax season. And that's the way that it is because this is the way that we've always done things. And this is tax season and I have to be at my desk six or seven days a week in order to get oh. everything done. And there are, are many other people like you and I who have gone out on their own and says, this is not the way we need to do things. This Just because it's tax season doesn't mean we need to adhere to this. And alternative ways of doing this are capping the hours that your employees are working raising fees, bringing on the right clients, making sure that volume is not your number one concern. But in terms of everyday life outside of tax season two, I am a mother. I have two young kids. I have a three-year-old and a six-month-old. And going out on my own meant I want to be with my kids in the afternoons. Just to give everybody an idea of what my schedule looks like, I have a babysitter outside of my home five days a week, drop my kids off at 745, and we pick them up at 245. I work generally from 8 to 3. My husband has a very flexible schedule too. So I work during the day, during the hours that work for me. I have staff that work during the hours that work for them. And then a lot of times I will, I'd say most days during the week, I log back on after the kids go to sleep. And does that mean like I'm always on? Yeah, I'm always on as a mom. <laughs> I'm always on as a business owner. So sometimes it does feel like I'm always working. But when I st step back and I look at what my days look like, I spend time with my kids from three to seven almost every single day. We do an activity together. I make dinner for them. I'm no longer working outside at an office until six or seven o'clock at night and coming home to my kids and putting them to bed right away. And to me, like that just brings so much value 
to my life. And I have to step back and look at these little things and realize, wow, yeah, I am working a lot as a business owner. But I have all of this time with my family that's so important. I agree. I think that the, as a business owner, you have the options. And the options is, what, like you, you, you said, you, have, you work from eight to three, but those golden hours to spend with your family, three to seven, is important. And you choose to do that. And I think I call this in general, we have flexibility. Like we don't have to work nine to five. We can work six to three or seven to two or five at night till 12 at night. We can have flexibility working hours, right? That's why we can grow and have staff work in different hours and they don't have to work the flexible hours. Like when you work at a brick and mortar CPE firm, the old traditional way, they, they expect you at the office at 8.30 to leave by 5.30. Have you one hour lunch, during, during regular times and then during business season, we wanted to work uh, 55 billable hours. That was like the, the golden number. Mm-hmm. Billable mm-hmm. hours. Not admin hours, billable hours. So, so at that point, you have to add. We know how that goes. Yeah, exactly. Billable, oh, 45, 50, 50 hours billable. But then when you add in, admin does not count. And admin at least takes about hour, two hours a day, your time. So I think it, it's when you run your firm, you run the way you want it to be run and you, the, the way you want to be run, have it safety for your staff. And things will change. Like you, it's just things that I would say on the staff side, you can have flexibility also. Like they don't have to work also nine to five. Like I have one of my staff, she doesn't work. She works half day on Mondays and rest regular days. So she makes up for the hours, the rest of the, the rest of the week. But my calling mainly was, if the job is done, it's done. I don't care if you work 30 hours or 40 hours or 45 hours. You can get the job done. I, we, we, we realize outside help. So we have people overseas working for us, uh, bookkeeping side. And I was like, we can, I, I tell my staff in the U.S., we can utilize them as much as possible to do the bookkeeping. Empower them to do most of the work you here in the U.S., your value is basically advising clients on what to do. The bookkeeping side can be done by anybody with your management, with your oversight. Mm-hmm. And that helped me and helped my staff not work a lot of hours. So we tried to utilize outside to help a lower rate. So we can get two, three people working instead of one person working as much as three people. And that helps you basically divide the, the times into different. Now, what you do is that you have to also teach your staff how to manage the bookkeepers. Be more of a leader, advisor, and, and, and teach them how to look at your staff, how to look at themselves as more advisors, as value givers, not just, hey, I'm a bookkeeper. Hey, I'm a tax person. And that's why I switched it on every, every person I hire. You're not just a tax prep person. You're not just a bookkeeper. I want you to go beyond that. And what clients want, they don't want bookkeepers or tax professionals, like just preparers, not tax preparers. They want more than that. They want to advise them how to run their business, how to run overhead, how to save for retirement, how to 
build wealth over time. And if you just focus on this type of service and hire staff that would do those things, and then everything is bookkeeping, uh, tax prep, payroll, if you want to do payroll, you can outsource it and have it build a team overseas that will do all those things for you. And then I think you can really realize where you can keep your staff working less than 40 hours, 45 hours a week during busy season and have as many clients as you want. But everyone will be happy. If you hire three people overseas, it's equivalent to hire one person here. But your three people, still, they'll be also working 40 hours a week. You work 40 hours a week. Everyone's happy. The client is happy. They're getting what they want in value. You're paying the staff a good amount of salary and they're working a lot, not a lot of hours. I think it makes it everybody as a whole, the formula works well with our flexibility, with our options that we can do. But once you start working, but also that starts with also with the fees you want to charge. It's not just about alternative methods of setting boundaries in public accounting and tax season, but it's about alternative methods of hiring. And you know what? You don't need every person to be a full-time person who handles it all. Like you need to be making sure that people wear different hats. And maybe I need three part-time people to fill one job, to fill different roles within the company. Maybe I need a little mix of overseas help, or maybe I need a part-time contractor just for tax season, or maybe I can fill these little buckets rather than think of, oh, I need this full-time person that can handle all of this, and I need just we have to look at alternative ways of staffing. Maybe you have a virtual assistant. I'm hiring a virtual assistant to handle certain things that I don't need one of my senior staff to handle. 100%. But it really helps alleviate pressure on the both of us. 100%. And it's the cost is low. I agree. So another thing that I think I wanted to discuss today, it's like such a simple thing, but as we're going into tax season, like one, I was working with a coach a couple of years ago, and it's such a simple thing to do, but I feel like a lot of people don't do this. And there's two uh-huh. things I want to talk about with, with our calendars and managing our calendars. And I think most people now are using some sort of automated calendar. Yes. Like I use Calendly and you can customize your availability. And I actually think I have seven or eight different calendar types. So, yes. you know, I have various client calendar links with different time frames, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 and 60. I have two different links for consults, whether they're a business owner or it's just an individual. And then I have we have a link for the podcast. I've got a networking link. And what I can do is change my availability for both. Right now, yeah, I may not be taking on as many new clients as we're approaching tax season. And actually, as of March 1st, I closed my calendar for that for at least a month and a half. And I think it's important to just sit there, honestly, on a weekly basis. I look at what my calendar looks like. I look at what my availability is. And I want to make sure that I'm setting these boundaries for myself, for my clients, for my staff, for my family, just like on the immediate with your clients to be able to customize that send them the links. They don't know what you have going on or why you're closing your calendar out. You don't need to tell them. And not only this customized calendar for availability for your clients to set these boundaries, like, hey, I'm not open nine to five. I'm only taking new consults two days a week. 
And these are the hours that work for me. But let's look at the long-term calendar next three to six months out. And like, when do you want to have off? Do you want to plan a trip with your kids? Do you know that your kids or these holidays are coming up and you don't have coverage or you don't have kids, but you want to go on, you know, a trip with your family or you want to take this planned time off? Go block those days off now. Yeah. House with the class, because I said my class, I can't calendar, like, like, here, look at my calendar and see what's available. You can book it. And they see what's available. If not that not much available, they're not going to say, oh, you're lying to me. It's, I always thought, this is my calendar. This is my, this is my calendar. What's available? I can book it. And it helps for us to choose what they want, what we want. Especially during busy season. Most of my homework usually is done on this time, where we talk to our clients, do the planning. We set the expectations, how much you own taxes, how much you won't own taxes, blah, blah, blah. We set all expectations this year. During busy season, we're just implementing what we talked about. Nothing new comes up. And usually during busy season, I don't really meet with no potential clients, prospects. I really limit my, my calendar to probably potentially three days a week, uh, like three hours a day open for potential new prospects. Uh, beyond that, I don't open my, my calendar fully open to anybody else. So it kindly helps a lot in setting boundaries for new clients, for current clients, and then it's easier for communication. This doesn't have to go back and forth. When you're available on, on Mondays or you're available on Tuesdays, you see, here's my calendar. Look at it. If it's there. If I'm open. If it's not there. I'm not open. Makes it easier for, for both of you guys to to manage each, each person's time overall. I think setting a boundary with clients is important for the, from the beginning. I think setting expectations is important from the beginning. Setting boundaries is, is important from the beginning because if you don't do those things verbally on a, on, a, on a Zoom call and you have to also let them know, do you agree with it? Like if they confirm they have agree with the boundaries, they agree with the expectation. When we do tax planning, hey, home office, I'm sending you the template, but I need you to fill it out. If you don't fill it out, I cannot apply the home office. And so on and so forth. With auto expense worksheet, you have to fill it out. If you don't fill it out, I cannot apply it. But it's a 50-50 where you, you do your job, I do my job. You, you agree with it. And then they say yes. So that my expectation for them to do their homework, I do my homework. And having those verbal agreements live helps a lot with their psyche and your, and your as, as, a, as, a, as a professional. Yeah, it's all about setting those boundaries with these clients and setting expectations. Have you heard of Jesse Itzler? He's he's married to Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx. Yes. Um, He does a lot of motivational speaking engagements. Uh And he actually, every year, he comes out with the big ass calendar. Okay. And it's this huge calendar. Big ass calendar. Oh, okay. ASS? ASS. Uh, All right. And it is a giant calendar, 365, or for this year, it's going to be 366. I think it's a leap year. And he is a big fan of planning out your whole year ahead of time. And when you do that and you set goals for the whole year, they're much more attainable. Whether your goal is to double your revenue, or set boundaries with clients or stay within the scope 
of your engagements. I think this is even me talking to myself here a little bit, all of us, right? And setting those goals, making those adjustments to your calendar, setting the expectation with your clients and your own workflows. So important. So check that out. I have a couple of people who are big fans of his. He's really cool. Go follow him on social media. It's there is a lot of value in something very simple. This is something we can all do, right? Go look at your calendar. 100%. Go plan out a couple of days. Go plan your vacation. That's important. I think that the, the biggest thing for me is plan my vacation. I highly look forward to that. It's like my, it's, if I work a lot, it doesn't matter. As long as my, 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 my vacation I planned out. Last year or this year, we took a while. Five, six weeks vacation so far. I did. And then one kid's probably four or five. So got yeah, mixed in between. Uh, but I, I always, at least every three months, I do, we do schedule something out. Sometimes one week, sometimes two weeks, sometimes three weeks, sometimes a four day weekend. Uh, but that's something I always look forward to as something to look forward, motivates me to work hard. I just get to recharge. Rich. Oh my God. That's the best thing ever. It's important. It's and it's simple. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what? Just to end this today, looking, it's important to look forward on your calendar, but I also feel it's important to look back. And sometimes we get so caught up in the day to day and we don't realize what actually happened in the last year. And I need to remind myself, I had such both of us have had such great years, right? And exceeded our expectations in terms of goals. And then I look back and I'm like, yeah, it feels like I worked really hard, but I also had a baby last yeah. year. Man, you, I spent time with my kid. I didn't really take off when I had the baby. Like I worked, we made this happen. We spent time with her. We both have a lot of kids. Like you got yeah. more than me, but look at this last year and how grateful I am for the time that I've had how grateful I am for this business that we've built. And you can set these boundaries to have the life of your dreams. And you have to really look back and say, you know what? Did I accomplish these goals? What did my life look like three years ago? Not yeah. this. Exactly. A huge difference. Exactly. That's a huge point there. When you look back three years. And I think that's the biggest thing that people don't realize is look at, look at three years ago. Where were you? Where you at now? Where can you be in three years? That's like mind-boggling. I think if you look yes. at what happened three years ago, right? Where were you three years ago? And where can you be in the next three years? It's like life can go up in like a hockey stick for you, for your life, for your revenue, for your staff, for your firm. It can grow fast and it can change overnight. Because if you look at, you know, if you look back and say, oh, I was there. And I was like, ah, I know now what I can be there in the next most importantly, I think if you, is your goal to improve, add more skills to your uh, skill sets, learn more about how to add value to your clients. Those things, the more you learn, I think the more you, uh, this year, I went to five conferences this year already because I always want to learn what the new tax strategies, what new ways to communicate to clients, what new ways to to build a firm, to hire clients, to hire staff, to add, add clients. Is more learn. I learn the more I learn. Is always I always get some nuggets out of those conferences. I think the biggest takeaway from this is expectations, communications, boundaries, and the lifestyle you want determines how you build your firm. 
Love it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode from Zero to Millions Accounting Edition and stay tuned. Want to stay connected with us beyond the podcast? You can find us on LinkedIn to keep the conversation going, ask questions, and stay updated on the latest in the accounting world. Head over there to share your greatest takeaway from today's conversation. We love to hear from you. 